Our people are scattered. Like stars in the galaxy. What are we? What do we stand for? Being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight. You also have to know how to navigate the galaxy. That way, you'll never be lost. Once again, Bucketheads, Mayvar Tigar. Welcome to the 187th Radically Riot Racing episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, on social media. Please find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mando underscore Vision. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show. With all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, how is everyone doing? We are back for another Bad Batch uh, Wednesday this week. I'm able to record on a Wednesday. Like I said, it's going to be a bit of an unpredictable <laughs> recording schedule for the future, for the time being. But uh, today we are here for a day of release to talk about Season 2, Episode 4 of Star Wars The Bad Batch. But not just Star Wars The Bad Batch, because this has been a big week for Star Wars, as on Monday night, we got the, I guess I'd call it the full trailer for Season 3 of The Mandalorian, the show that that got me fired up to start a Star Wars podcast. The I, We owe it all to The Mandalorian, right? So uh, we'll be talking about that, we'll be talking about The Bad Batch, and we're going to kick the show off by uh, wishing a happy birthday to the great... James Earl Jones, Darth Vader himself celebrating his 92nd birthday, and I'm not gonna lie, I I, I forget that that Twitter does this on on James Earl Jones's birthday, that they uh, they they start you know posting photos and tributes and, and hashtag James Earl Jones, and I'm not gonna lie, I got nervous for a second that we had, we had lost the man, that he had passed, <laughs> and I was I was uh, relieved <laughs> to, to find out that oh yes, it's only his birthday posts. This kind of happens uh, every year on the social medias. But happy birthday to the man himself. Uh, a, a, a large part, a massive part of the reason why I am the Star Wars fan that I am these days, today, uh, because the presence, the gravitas that he brought to the role 
to the voice role of Darth Vader. So thank you, sir, for your contributions to my life. I truly, truly appreciate it. And again, happiest of birthdays to you. All right, so like I said, we opened up the show. You heard the audio. Lifted right from the trailer. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, the trailer for season three of The Mandalorian is uh, everything we expected it to be, everything we wanted it to be, and we got confirmation. I think we all had sort of known, but confirmed. March 1st, 2023, we kick off our next bunch of chapters in the life of Din Djarin and Grogu. And the trailer is, of course, action-packed, full of the teases uh, that we want, the images that we want, you know, a little bit of t- a little taste of the action that we want. And, and yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know what else to say about it, um, except that it seems like Din Djarin is, is taking on more of that leadership role that the Darksaber has, has bestowed upon him, uh, as he seems, seems to be, from what we see in those trailers, rallying the scattered Mandalorians across the galaxy. Uh, and, you know, seeing that many buckets on the screen... That always gets me happy. That always gets me excited. So I just am, am, am pickled. Pick, pickled? No, I'm tickled by, by what I saw in that teaser. Uh, you know, we, we, we get flashes of Grief Karga, return to Navarro. Navarro seeming very prosperous under Grief's guidance. Um, we, we, we see uh, the, looks to, what looks to be flashbacks of, of, of Grogu and Order 66, the night of Order 66 at the Jedi Temple. Will we see Darth Vader? open behind those doors or will it be more clone troopers i guess we'll have to wait and find out uh what what else is in there uh, uh carson tiva returns to, to issue a, a sage warning to the mandalorian um it's it's just enough stuff that you want to see you know we see coruscant we see uh, our imperial scientist friend from season one returning obviously the the the, the cloning project with grogu still in development despite Moff Gideon's capture and arrest. Uh, so, so a lot uh, going on. You know, a lot of a lot being teased, and of course, little Grogu now becoming a much more a formidable warrior in his own right, as we see him uh, fend for himself and and, and 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 launch an attack against against someone, a predator of some sort against him. Uh, it, it 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 teases all the things you wanted to tease. We see the flashes of Mandalore. You know, the, the the idea being that we're going to see more of the Night of a Thousand Tears. You know, we're going to see that Imperial Purge of Mandalore and, and, and the aftermath of it. We see flashes of it, images of it, the, the lifting of, of buckets covered in, in apocalyptic sand and waste. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's glorious. It's everything that I think we wanted to see. I don't know how you don't watch that trailer that and, and, and just can't start counting down the days to Season 3 of The Mandalorian. I don't know what else I want to say about it. Uh, it's just it's like it's like two-ish minutes of just delight, and and just again just a little tickle, a little tickle of the things to come, and I couldn't ask for anything more. It's fantastic, and we will play. Uh, we may even, I think we we'll use it as the outro because I think when we come back from talking about the Bad Batch, I will end up talking about this trailer a little bit more, and we'll use uh, Carson Tiva's. Warning to Din Djarin, uh, to, as, as sort of like the sign off for the show because, yeah, we know things are happening. Again, if you're going to show us on Coruscant, hey now, things are going on 
and that's that's delightful. Well, let's 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 kind of transition from there. Uh, you know, we talk, we happy birthday to James Earl Jones. We've talked about the trailer. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the, the the crux of this week's podcast, and that would be uh, the Bad Batch season two, episode four, faster. Let's do the details for you. All right, today, January eighteenth, twenty twenty three, is the original air date. This episode, written by Matt Mischovitz, directed by Stuart Lee. Our plot this week: the team enters the colorful and dangerous world of riot racing. It's quick and to the point. Our cast, D. Bradley Baker, Michelle Ang, uh, Rhea Perlman as Sid. You got Ernie Hudson as Greeny Malegi. Ben Schwartz as Teo, the racing droid. And Jonathan Lepau as Jet Venom. And the, the comically amused announcer for the riot racing. <laughs> There's a... Um, let's, let's... How do we talk about this episode? Um, it's, it's... It kind of is a return to formula in a lot of ways, right? It is the batch on a, on a on a mission. They get into a little bit of trouble. And how do they get out of that trouble? Now, this time they flip the script a little bit here cuz uh, Hunter and Echo are off on a mission of their own that we don't see or perhaps we'll see in uh, next week's episode, you know, maybe we'll see the other half of what's going on at this time period with the bad batch. Today we today's episode focuses on Tech Wrecker and Omega on a mission with Sid, and and um, you know it's it's it is a solid episode of the show. It it does just enough to keep you interested, but I don't think it's one of the better episodes of the show. You know, it's 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 a lot of again, sort of a, I mentioned formula, and it sort of leans into the formula that we know with the Bad Batch. You know, again, mission trouble. Omega pushes them to do the right thing uh, because. The Bad Batch can, you know, even if it's down half its team, Wrecker and Tech are more than enough to compensate uh, in this particular instance. So, yeah, that's the episode. It, it, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly serviceable. Uh, I think coming off of what I thought was what, just a stellar episode in, in episode three last week, um, it was a bit of a letdown, but it's fast paced. It's a quick episode. Uh, it's decent action. If you enjoyed the pod racing from the Phantom Menace, I think you'll enjoy some of the antics in this one because uh, Riot Racing, as we, as we get to know it, is sort of a combination of like Demolition Derby and Rollerball uh, as, it is, <laughs> as it is pod racing uh, with blaster fire and uh, you know obstacle courses and that change and, and all kinds of uh, crazy <laughs> changes to the course. It's, it's an unpredictable sort of thing. And, and it is sort of fun getting to see tech try to process this 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 course, the idea of the sport itself, and and how best to accomplish the goals when he is forced to step into the riot racer to compete to save Sid. Um, that being said, I've I've talked about a ton about the plot, but let's go ahead, let's get into our show proper, um, and 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 really, you know, kind of get in, in, into this one. What do you say? All right, so you know what that means. It is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Wait. How much does she owe? More than you got, kid. Well, we're not done yet. <laughs> Looks like you're done to me. One last race. If you win, we pay you double. If we win, we get Sid. 
know what you're getting into, kid. I'm inclined to agree with him, Omega. Yeah, I'm inclined to. We don't know anything about race. They're gonna hurt Sid if we do nothing. Do we have a deal? We race tomorrow. And I keep Sid as collateral. <laughs> your six you better be able to pay up okay so this week's episode like i said it's pretty it's a pretty straightforward affair for uh, uh for wrecker and 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 tech and omega in this episode we start off on order mantel it's time for a mission hunter and echo are already on a mission uh and this one seems to have a personal interest for sid as as sid is going to be going with them they're going to be escorting her they're going to be her her muscle in this instance, as they travel to the world of Safatoma, a world that we have not seen in Star Wars. This is its first appearance, uh, but obviously has a big, a sort of a gaming culture about it, with the, with the, with, as it being the home of these riot races that we are now introduced to. And we find out that Sid has acquired a, a driver that she believes will make her a lot of money moving forward and, and, and help her fund whatever adventures and escapades she gets up to in her free time. Wait, again, Sid is still a very mysterious character to us. We still don't know a ton about her, but this episode does give us a little bit more insight into uh, sort of her shady past, her shady origins, if you will. Uh, we get the revelation of her first name, Sitter and Scaleback. You know, we now know her first name, and we meet a former uh, a, a <laughs> colleague of hers, <laughs> for for lack of a better word, in in the form of a the massive form of Grinny Malegi, a, a uh, Dawutin. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I've, I've sort of struggled with that since first being introduced to the species back in uh, The Force Awakens. That's when they made their debut. Uh, the, you, you see a Dawuntin uh, in Maz, uh, uh bar. <laughs> I struggled to get that word out of my mouth. It's only three letters, but for some reason bar was was eluding me. But uh, the Dawuntins have sort of they're a visually striking species, and I think that sort of has something to do with the fact that uh, in in recent years, in a lot of the uh, cross-media of Star Wars, the books and the comics in particular, uh, they've become sort of a point of interest in introducing new characters uh, as that species, uh, particularly in, in the High Republic era. You know, one of the one of the um, one of the, the storms in that series was a Dawuden as well, and, and he f featured prominently in that first arc of the High Republic, and. Uh, again, there there are massive species that I think they're pretty visually interesting, and when you cast an actor like Ernie Hudson to, to bring that voice, I mean that that sort of has like that deep kind of like like I, I want to say baritone, but if I'm wrong, please get me correct me on this. But he bring his voice has a lot of resonance to it, and it looks like the, it, it feels like the kind of voice that would come out of a big body like that. So I think that 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 voice of Ernie Hudson's really. Uh, sort of has like a gentlemanly uh, menace to it, if you will. Like he sounds polite and well mannered, and and all these things, but there's a sort of threatening menace in the way he speaks uh, because of that deepness of his voice and the way he carries himself. Like when he makes the threat, like you f believe that it will be carried out. So that when we're when when the inciting incident of the episode um, when 
Sid's racer crashes and loses a bet that Sid had placed against uh, against Garini that um, you believe the menace. You believe that Sid is in, in serious peril here because uh, this guy's voice alone tells you that he means business and is a bad dude. <laughs> so that's what and then we played that clip, you know, after the initial crash that 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 uh, wrecks her racer and the 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 droid driver of it, Teo, played by Ben Schwartz. Uh, I recognize Ben Schwartz's voice immediately. I, I've I've really seen that guy in a lot of uh, shows recently, so his voice is very easy to distinguish, even behind that sort of audio enhancement they used to make him sound more like a droid. And uh, Teo is a very interesting droid. I, I should I should mention that pretty quickly. Um, I, I was struggling to remember, and so I hope my, my dear listeners can can help me out with this one. I was struggling to remember a droid with kind of like the same level of of sort of like arrogance and, and braggadociousness and, and the overflowing abundance of confidence that, that Teo carries himself with and his confidence to win these races, despite the fact that we've seen him crash uh, and then get run over <laughs> a few minutes later after he's already been reassembled by, by, by tech. So... <laughs> It's it's sort of a fun performance in the, in that sense for for Ben Schwartz to kind of be like this just really cocky arrogant droid of all things. Um, again, we are pro droid life forms, but I I couldn't I could not for the life of me think of a droid that we've seen with this level of arrogance about them. You know, oftentimes, uh, particularly in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the droids were used um, as a sort of like a, a device for humbling characters of massive arrogance and massive ego so it's very interesting to see that sort of flipped this time around with Teo being the one of massive ego and massive uh, self-belief and self-confidence who sort of gets humbled by his ex- well I wouldn't say he gets humbled he gets destroyed his arrogance comes to cost him right even after he's been uh, uh, broken into pieces and reassembled he still carries himself with this this uh, false sense of self-confidence uh, that gets run over out of him permanently this time around. Uh, and and his, his his dying words of, I regret nothing, uh, very amusing for, for a droid who lived that way in particular. Uh, but this this sort of puts the onus on Tech, who, who I, I wouldn't say he takes center stage in this episode, but he's, he's a more prominently featured player in this one as um, he sort of becomes fascinated and intrigued by... The elements, the strategy, the the precision involved in the riot racing, and again, he tries to pass what he's gleaned from the sport onto Teo, and Teo's like, "No, no, no, I got this. I know what I'm doing, and you're just you're just this human guy. I'm the droid who races these things." Uh, so Tech sort of takes the spotlight here, and I think we all kind of saw that coming, right? <laughs> like they this episode. Again, it, uh, I, I forget, I did not introduce our writers this week. You know, Matt Mishnovitz, who's written so many episodes of The Bad Batch and, and quite a few episodes of The Clone Wars as well, and directed by the in, insanely capable Stuart Lee. Um, it, it, it's not the deepest of stories in this one, right? Like, everything's pretty telegraphed, right? We, like, we know it's going to be Tech who has to step up and do the racing, you know? Put the mechanics together. Use his own sense, his own common sense, his own sense of strategy, uh, to sort of outwit and outmaneuver the racers around him. And and um, it's a fun episode in that sense. If like I said, if you like the pod racing stuff, if you like sort of like those that fun 
speedy diversions that Star Wars often gets into because of the, the infusion of that love from George Lucas himself. So we get a new form of racing, and we get to meet a lot of new racers in this as well. Besides, before, before Tech even steps into, this, into, this, into the, the, the cockpit, you know, we, we meet Jet Venom, the, the Nosaurian, uh, the, you know, the dinosaur-like people. Uh, Jet Venom from New Plimpto. At least that's where the species of the Nosaurians are from, is from New Plimpto. Our first time meeting one of them was back in the Phantom Menace uh, with a with a pod racer named a, a, a Klieg Holdfast, if you may remember that. Uh, and just as a side note, since we're talking about pod racing, uh, if anyone had the Sega Dreamcast back in the day, uh, that pod racer game was uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> just was thinking about that watching this episode. I was like, hey man, that Sega Dreamcast game where you go pod racing, pretty fun, pretty fun stuff. I'll have to go dig that out of the basement here. Uh, sometime and hook it back up again if I can. I have to get some new connectors and adapters, I suppose. But maybe it's time to go pod racing again on my new, or my, on, on 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 a newer TV that could uh, really showcase that puppy out. You know who knows. Um, and let's go back to Jet Venom though. <laughs> let's get back on track here a little bit. Jet Venom, one of the few uh, uh, sort of um, I don't want to say sentient beings necessarily, but uh, a living, breathing. Uh, with a heartbeat kind of being in this race. A lot of droids take part in these races because they're insanely dangerous. So for, for any sort of being with a pulse, um, it's a little bit you know, high risk, but also high reward. And, and Jet Venom seems to be the best of the best in that regard. Uh, but there's a lot of droid racers in this, like like a, a Haxon the War Gnome Trajanix, if I got that right. Trajanix? Trajanix? <laughs> I don't know. He's a repainted commando droid. There's also uh, Quickdar Quasar, which is the body of a protocol droid and the head of a B1 battle droid. So you'll see him racing as well. And you also have the Trickster Flash Ratcor, Raktor, goodness gracious, and Hyperrod, who are both brightly colored protocol droids you'll see racing. And there's another racer as, as well who we don't see named Vicious Vid Santar. Uh, the other sort of humanoid racers in this are, are two Nyctos who also compete in the races that we see flash across the screen. Now, um, they both look identical in their facial features, but they are colored differently. And if you are familiar with the Nikto people, um, you, you would know that the... Uh, let me see if I can say this right. It, 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 I never get it right. It's in my brain, and it always comes out wrong. The Kajaninsa Nikto, I believe that's right, are the red-skinned Nikto, like what we see. And then there are the green-skinned Nikto, who we've seen in other episodes of other shows. The uh, Kajasa Nikto. But they have different facial features. Now, this episode is sort of interesting in the sense that, like I said, I think they're using the same character model of the Nikto, but they don't cause, because they don't compensate for the different facial features when they show the green-skinned, the, the, the uh, Kajasa Niktos. All right, and... I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a little shortcut. Hoping nobody would notice. Well, I did. I think as other people did as well. <laughs> but they have some fun names. The the Kajasan Nikto in this is named uh, Steel Claw Kane, and the the Kajaninsa Nikto is Bosco the Mad Bomber Bricks, uh, and and they're they're very much main antagonists. I I also sort of wondered if they kind of worked with. Jet Venom at a certain point, because it seemed like what they were doing to the racers in front of them aided Jet Venom's victories. Um, 
you know, what what am I, you know, I don't know. They don't really elaborate. It's Like I said, it's not the world's most complicated plot in this episode of the show. They don't go too deep on things. Uh, it, it's sort of about, about uh, uh, Tech stepping up and taking kind of front and center. And, and, and instead of like his normal kind of support role, like he is the one who saves the day here. Uh, much to the surprise of, of Wrecker in particular. I think Omega's a little surprised as well. Um, and it's also to the surprise of Sid, I think, because... You know, we've seen Sid. Sid takes care of the batch to an extent, and it's it's more of a, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your situation. You know, a, a, a quid pro quo, quora, quid pro quo situation, uh, where she's kind of keeping them them a secret until she finds that that's not going to be in her best interest anymore. Um, but they go out of their way to save her. At Omega's behest, because Omega knows it's the right thing to do to, is to help a being in trouble out. So Wrecker and Tech step up. And this puts Sid in in, the, in a position where she now owes them a favor. Um, and as the episode's kind of closing out, after Tech has saved the day, winning the race, getting Sid back away from, from Greeny Malegi, uh, uh, the, the the massive Dantuin, uh, Dawuntin, Dawuntin? I know I'm saying it wrong, <laughs> gives them uh, uh, what he considers to be sage advice. Because again, Greeny Malegi and Sid have history. And uh, it looks like it maybe isn't all well, Sunshine and Roses from from uh, Malegi's side of the relationship with, with Sid. So let's, let's hear those parting words to the batch from Greeny Malegi. Hey, you three. You could have walked away. That loyalty is admirable. But with Sid, it doesn't always go both ways. Watch your backs. So these are very ominous words. Uh, and I think there's plenty of speculation out there in the world. We probably have all seen it and all thought it ourselves. That at some point, Sid will sell out the Bad Batch to either save her own skin or to collect... A reward on them, um, so now it would be a full-blown betrayal because they have gone out of their way to save her skin, literally in this instance. So, when that betrayal potentially comes, uh, it will sting even harder. Um, and I guess we we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And again, we we don't get too deep into into Sid's backstory here, but we start getting glimpses of it. And like we like we said. Uh, it seems like she's burned some bridges. She's uh, hurt some people onto on the way into and out of and around to however she got to Ord Mantell and to, and to running her uh, enterprise there. So that's sort of like the glimpse of things. Um, again, it's 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 a straightforward episode. It's fine. It's not bad by any stretch. It's a bit of a letdown after like a, a pretty intense episode with a lot of uh, uh, subtext and, and and subtle meanings behind it. This one's kind of all on the surface, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It's um, but it's a, it's you know it's a, it's that formula, it's that bad batch formula that, that the show the show kind of gets knocked for, because it's a mission, it's a side quest, it's all these things. It's sort of away from the main story, and that's okay. It's it's a perfectly enjoyable episode of the show, and if you go into it knowing that they're probably doing a little bit of table setting for things down the road in this season, I think you'll be just fine. Uh, especially if you end up, or if you happen to be a very big tech fan, I think you'll enjoy this episode. Him getting the spotlight, the bit with the race announcer, 
um, not knowing anything about this guy, just you know, over and over asking tech, tech. This guy's name is Tech. Nothing else about this guy. We don't know anything else. That that whole bit's pretty funny. It's pretty amusing stuff. Uh, and then when he when when Tech wins, and you know, going from no one cheering his name at the beginning of the race to to everyone, you know, cheering his name and chanting his name and, and having the adoration of the crowd, and and sort of seeing how Tech reacts to that. You know, again, for, for the first time, him kind of stepping up and taking a little bit of the spotlight for the first time. Enjoyable episode. Very quick, very fast. You know, decent action to it. Uh, uh, amusing stuff in there. And glimpses of perhaps things to come. So I, I, I'm sort of torn. I'm, I'm sort of in between six and seven buckets on it. So I'll just split the difference, give it six and a half buckets. And we'll wait to see what the show brings us next week uh, for episode five. And... I think that's it for this episode of the show. So I'm going to take a quick pause, and we will come back and discuss a little bit more about the Season 3 trailer for The Mandalorian. There's something dangerous happening out there. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late. Oh, so what could it be? I mean... On the trailer that you can watch on Disney+, Plus, you do see a little snippet of something extra that's not on the regular version that you may be seeing on YouTube, uh, and that is of a Star Destroyer being assembled. So, more to do with the Imperial Remnant. Um, what is the next move? We saw the Dark Troopers last year, Moff Gideon's ace in the hole that is just was destroyed by Luke Skywalker so completely and thoroughly. But what is their next move? There's more going on here. The Imperial Remnant seems to have a lot of things in play here to strike back at the, the burgeoning New Republic. And what role will the Mandalorians play in it moving forward here? You know, Din Djarin is, is mixed up in a lot of these things. Grogu is obviously part of their plan as we see the return of Dr. Pershing in the, in this trailer. Um, and, and, you know, we don't like to too much speculation here, but uh, uh, expanding on these storylines that have been teased since Season 1 uh, is something that I really, really look forward to. And I, I just, again, tickled to see what we have next. I mean, more amazing shots of the still insanely cute Grogu. Uh, and, and I, you know, I just, I don't know. My, my appetite's just, my, 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 I'm, I'm salivating. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I can't even talk. I am very intrigued. I, I can't wait to see what surprises are in store. Will there be uh, a reintroducing of old, Star Wars expanding universe stuff into the new canon like the Dark Troopers were? Are we going to go in a whole new direction? Um, are the Imperials now focused on making sure that the Mandalorians don't return to power? That there's not a, a sort of res resurrection of those people to, to, to be against them? Because I would imagine um, you know, the Empire is at a low point right now after, after the loss of the second Death Star, the death of the Emperor and Vader. Uh, the Remnant's trying to bring itself together here. The last thing they need is another old enemy returning and one that would have a massive grudge against them so will they be sort of like the foil to try and keep the mandalorians divided and separated and scattered across the galaxy as as, as a people not united as a people divided that might even be a better way to say it so um i can't wait until march 1st to get that figured out and you know again i don't want to speculate too much on on the recording dates of uh, podcast episodes moving forward, but I am I am really really hoping that we will be able to do day 
of episodes for season three of The Mandalorian because I am chomping at the bit. Chomping at the bit. So let's bring it on. Let's see what they have in store. Let's see what our good friends John Favreau and Dave Filoni have in store for us. They have delivered the goods in season one and two of The Mandalorian. Let's see what other tricks they have up their sleeves to uh, 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 herald the return of Din Djarin and Grogu. Uh, it, it, remember, it's been a long time since season two now. Uh, you know, we, we got the Book of Boba Fett at the end of last year, but we haven't really checked in on, on Din and Grogu in, in quite some time. Um, well, I mean, okay, I take it back. They were in Book of Boba Fett, but, <laughs> you know, full-blown show dedicated to them, exploring their, their deepening relationship, their bond, their connection, uh, diving into the Mandalorians themselves, the state of the galaxy post-Return of the Jedi, but before, you know, The Force Awakens, uh, and, and, again, possibly teasing the Ahsoka show at the same time. I mean, there, there may be enough uh, crossover areas there because, you know, Bo-Katan has a connection to Din Djarin. Bo-Katan has a connection to Ahsoka Tano. Let's see where that goes. Let's see how these things shake out. Cannot wait for March 1st. You cannot get here soon enough. If you're looking for a reason to live, it is Season 3 of The Mandalorian. Uh, so, yeah, let's... let's uh, Make sure we don't take any any crazy chances. Um, <laughs> let's play it safe, play it cool. Let's not lose our temper in any any situations that might be dangerous or provocative. Because on March first, we have to begin. We have to reconnect. We have to resume the journey with Din Djarin and Grogu. So I think that is all I can say about that for now. But if anything changes in the meantime, you know I'll get back to you. So. I want to thank you all for taking the time to download, stream this episode of the show, share it with your friends, all the things that I, I, I humbly ask you to do. Uh, remember, my name is Tom, and this is the Men Division Podcast. Thank you so much for supporting small independent Star Wars shows like ours. We truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, the best way to reach out to me is on social media. It's at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email this fine show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And again, please. Like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. And if you have the time and the inclination, five-star reviews, so insanely helpful for spreading the word and supporting the show in the cheapest, easiest way humanly possible. All right. We'll be back very, very soon. Uh, programming note, there will not be a show next week. I will not be in any uh, position to record a show uh, unless I can figure out how to do something with only my cell phone, <laughs> which that sounds daunting and possibly really, really strange and awkward. But we will be hopefully back on track the week after that, and we'll catch up on the Bad Batch when we do resume. So let's go ahead. Let's get out of here. I want to again, thank you again one more time, Buckethead Nation, for taking the time to, to get the show. I truly appreciate every single person who listens to this podcast. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We'll be back very soon. But remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I suppose you'll be heading out. I'm not. You should. It's against the creed. I gave you my word. I'm with you until we both fall. You really buy into that bent of photo? I do.